Okay, we are in Revelation chapter 4. Chapter 4, okay, so turn in your Bibles, Revelation chapter 4 to 19. Good, Mike, and we're going to pray, and we'll get going. Let me pray for us. Lord, thanks for this morning and for our time together and uh, opportunity to come and study and, uh, and uh, read your word. So we thank you for that, and I pray that it would be clear. And uh, So help us uh, with that in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. 19. Okay, um, there is all kinds of discussion and debate on uh, what's going on in, in chapters 4 through chapter 19 as far as working out the details, okay? If, um, if we think about, well, first of all, chapter, chapters 4 through 19 uh, is, uh, is, is discussing or, or revealing the 70th week of Daniel. Does that make sense? The 70th week, uh, 70th seven-year period of the 77-year periods that are spelled out in Daniel, chapter 9. Good? But the first 69 are consecutive, and then there's a huge gap in the last The first 69 are consecutive after they begin. So, um, so they don't begin immediately at the, at the giving of the prophecy. So uh, Daniel um, gives a marker, actually the marker is given to Daniel, that once the, de the, the decree is given to rebuild the city and the walls, that is when the 70th or the 77s will begin. Okay. Um, and so there will be um, seven sevens and then 62 sevens, and those were in consecutive order. I mean, they were continuous. And then, and that takes us up to uh, the triumphal entry. Then Messiah, the prince, will be cut off and have nothing. So he comes, he makes atonement for sin, cut off and have nothing. Uh, then the people of the prince who is to come, that's people of Antichrist, will destroy the temple. And that happened in 70 AD. Um, then the last 70th week begins with a decree, uh, or I'm sorry, with a, a covenant, a firm covenant, where Israel joins into covenant with Antichrist, okay? And so that decree, that covenant, excuse me, is going to begin the 70th, seven-year period. Does that make sense? And so... Um, why aren't they all continuous? Because the text says they're not continuous, right? Uh, why don't they begin at the giving of the, of the prophecy? Because the text says that the clock will begin when the decree is issued, right? And it's going to take you up to the triumphal entry. Uh, and then the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And then you're waiting for, uh, uh, for the, the firm covenant with the many for one week, okay? Could it have been, uh, it could have been consecutive. Um, the, uh, in Acts chapter 1, the disciples asked Jesus, is now the time you're establishing the kingdom? If, if that would have been the time, uh, then, you know, stuff would have had to happen. Does that make sense? Immediately. Will there be things that happen before the return of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely there will. Uh, like what? Uh, well, firm covenant, abomination of desolation, uh, and uh, then the return of Christ. 
So the, 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 the 70th week of Daniel, chapters 4 through chapters 19 of the book of Revelation, is spelling out what will happen in this 70th, seven-year period. Uh, from our time frame, it's still future. It's still to come because the covenant has not uh, yet been made. Uh, firm covenant is uh, when uh, Israel makes covenant with Antichrist. Okay. Yeah. Makes a peace treaty with Antichrist. Yeah. Um, if if we if you go to Israel and when we when we went did did we see the uh, uh, the menorah when we went the golden menorah? Okay. Uh, golden menorah. What's a menorah? Does anybody know what a menorah is? It's the candle. Yeah. It's the uh, it's the golden uh, candle that will uh, that will uh, be in uh, the new temple. Okay, they already got it. It's already made. It's sitting there on display, just off of the um, the plaza. Uh, so, so when you're at the western wall, uh, okay. So you guys are sitting to the south, and you're looking north towards the temple. Uh, as you look north towards the temple, you'll see the the steps that go up to the temple mount. Uh, with a plaza that goes all the way around, a big wall that goes all the way around. Okay, on this side, uh, which would be the east side, this would be the eastern gate or the beautiful gate, um, and on the west side would be uh, the Wailing Wall. Right, and the west side is the closest that Israel's uh, that the Jews can get to where the temple sat. Okay, and so they go to the western wall, and that's where they offer their prayers, uh, um, which is Second Chronicles chapter 7, I will hear your prayers offered from this place. Okay. That's why they go there. Um, uh, and so, um, so, so that's what we're, we're waiting for, right, for that temple to be rebuilt, uh, and they've got the materials, and they're ready to go. They just don't have access to the spot, so they're going to have to negotiate a deal to gain access to build that temple because uh, right now Jews are not allowed on Temple Mount. Right? Uh, it's, uh, it's Palestinian controlled. Yeah, so, the, so uh, I, I love God's sense of humor. There's a few places where uh, Jews are not allowed uh, in Israel. One of them is Bethlehem. Uh, so if you go to Bethlehem, basically the signs say, if you're Jew, we will kill you. <laughs> I mean, basically that's it, right? You are not welcome here. You're not allowed here. Um, Isn't that true? That there's Oslo, no, you. Yeah, if you go to if you go to Israel, you probably won't go to Bethlehem because you've probably um, uh, been taken around the Promised Land by Jewish guides, but Jewish guides can't go into Bethlehem, so you have to get out off the bus, get onto a Palestinian uh, guide bus and go into Bethlehem. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so Jews are not allowed into Bethlehem. So kind of hard to get it to Christ born in, in Bethlehem if Jews aren't allowed there. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then the other places uh, is, you know, Temple Mount. I mean, there's several places um, that, uh, that, uh, the Jews uh, are not uh, permitted to go. 
is because this is negotiated West, you know, the West Bank, just places that are Palestinian control. Yeah, very political. Um, um, yeah, so it's it's a mess over there. Um, well, so Israel uh, was granted parts of the land uh, when, uh, you know, back after World War II. Um, and and al almost, uh, and every time Israel's attacked, they get more of the land, <laughs> right? So the enemy attacks Israel, Israel, um, uh, you know, counterattacks and wins more land. So that's how they've got the Golan Heights and, and some of these, uh, the, what we call the West Bank. Uh, it is the West Bank of what? The Jordan River, West Bank of the Jordan River. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? All right. So. Yeah, they're Christians. <laughs> Everybody hates them. So all, all that to say, um, I don't know how we got down that trail, but uh, oh, temple. All that to say uh, that um, that chapters four through chapter nineteen is spelling out, detailing what has already been. So it's filling in the template. Is that the right word? The template uh, that has been laid out in um, Daniel chapter nine, Second Thessalonians chapter two, um, Matthew twenty four twenty five. Um, all these things are talked about repeatedly through the story. And all the prophets are talking about the restoration or the, uh, of, of the kingdom, the kingdom being restored to Israel. Uh, and so this is what we're talking about, right? And so this is the process by which um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So in chapters two and three, you're seeing the situation on earth and the churches. Chapter four and five you're seeing the picture in heaven, and it's not um, uh, the, the picture that's presented in heaven in chapters four and chapter five is uh, you see the disparity between what's going on on earth and what's going on in heaven and how those are going to be, uh, be <clears throat> reconciled. In chapter... Uh, uh, I wrote another chapter at some point. We'll look here, I wrote that. 70th week, Daniel 4 through 18. 
19 is the return of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 19 is actually when, um, yeah, the, the story or, or, or chapters four uh, through chapter 10 is going to make one trip, one pass through the 70th week. Uh, and then, uh, so you look at, it says, uh, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Then chapters 11 through chapter 16, a uh, second time takes you right up to the return of Christ. Then chapters 17, uh, so, so that's 11 through 16, chapter 17 and 18, first half, second half of the tribulation. That's a third trip through, and then culminates with the actual return of Christ uh, in chapter chapter 19. So, uh, so 19, 20, 21, 22, those are chronological. Uh, 10, uh, 4 through uh, 10 is chronological, 11 through 16, and then 17 and 18. Three chronological passes through the 70th week. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so let's read chapter, uh, chapter 4. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book. Uh, a, a book, um, uh, um, a, a, a scroll, a book written inside uh, and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. Turn back to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, um, or the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, at uh, that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and uh, Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the guard, which was in the house of the king of Judah, because Zedekiah, the king of Judah, uh, had shut him up, saying, Why do you prophesy, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm about to give the city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he will take it. And Zedekiah, the king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans. Uh, but he shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he will speak to him face to face, and see him eye to eye. And he shall take uh, Zedekiah to Babylon, and he will be there until I visit him, declares the Lord. And I will fight against the Chaldeans. Uh, if you fight against the Chaldeans, you will not succeed, uh, su uh, have success. And so <clears throat> Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Behold, buy for yourself a field, which is at Ananoth. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> sorry, Ananoth. Uh, and uh, uh, for you have the right of redemption to buy it. Uh, and so... Um, so Hananel, uh, my uncle's son, came to me in the court. Uh, and so this is the story of, of um, Jeremiah buying the field, verse 16. After I had given the deed of purchase, I prayed to the Lord. Right? Um, uh, and uh, he is uh, told to seal uh, this scroll, this deed, deed to the land, and to bury it. 
Okay. Uh, and so this scroll or uh, that is sealed. Um, now, now, don't forget what's happened here. Jeremiah is told to buy the land right before it's overrun. Okay. That's a bad investment. At least it's a bad short-term investment, right? Um, turns out it's going to be a good long-term investment, but not but a very long-term investment. Uh, we're looking at the, the Babylonians coming basically in 600, right? Round numbers, 600. Uh, and right now, uh, that thing's been gathering interest for 2,600 plus years. Okay, so it's a very long-term investment, but this is the title deed to the land. And so this is what's being referred to in Jeremiah uh, in uh, chapter, uh, uh, chapter uh, 5, uh, verse, uh, verse 1 of, of, uh, of Revelation. Okay. So chapter 4, after these things, I, I looked, behold, the door was standing open in heaven. A uh, voice, um, which I heard, sounded like a trumpet, speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you what must, what must take place after these things. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, the throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And the one sitting on the throne was uh, like a jasper stone and Sardis in, a, uh, Sardis in appearance, uh, and the rainbow around his throne, like the emerald in appearance. And around the throne were 24 uh, thrones, and upon the thrones, 24 elders, clothed in white garments, golden crowns on their heads. Okay, Remember the white garments and the golden crowns? These were some of the things that were, uh, will be given to those who overcome in the seven churches. So now they're not in the seven churches. Now you see them in heaven. Does that make sense? Okay. How'd they get there? I think it's reasonable to conclude that they were raptured there. They're either raptured there or they died. Somehow they're there. Okay. Uh, and the, uh, the throne, from the throne proceeded flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which were the seven spirits of God. And uh, before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Did we do this? Did we talk about this last week? Okay. So men, I don't know. I, this will be my fourth time to teach Revelation in two weeks. So uh, I don't know who I've said to what. Um, so, so there are three basic um, um, levels, uh, category, categories, three different categories of symbolism that you'll see in the book of Revelation. One is symbolism that has been spelled out in the Bible. Um, the serpent of old. Okay. Satan, the serpent of old. Um, references to, uh, to the sea, right? That type of thing. Uh, fig trees and, you know, uh, rocks and all this stuff that, that is established in the story and it continues through the story and it shows up in Revelation. Okay, so that's one. A second uh, category of symbolism is symbolism that's introduced in the book of Revelation and it's defined in the book of Revelation. So you don't have to guess. Does that make sense? Um, back in chapter, here's an example. Back in chapter, uh, um, back in chapter one, uh, the seven, uh, the mystery of the seven stars uh, and the seven lamps, uh, golden lampstands. The seven stars are, verse twenty. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the 
Seven churches. Okay, so it defines the imagery. You don't have to guess, okay? So it's Old Testament imagery or imagery that's throughout the whole Bible that's in Revelation. You don't have to guess about that, but you do have to have prior knowledge. The second one is imagery that's introduced in the book of Revelation and defined in the book of Revelation. And the third is imagery that's introduced in the Revelation and not defined in Revelation, and you don't find it anywhere else, okay? Uh, the first one I can explain. The second I can explain. The third, your guess is as good as mine, okay? And so, I, you know, I don't want to speculate or make stuff up. I just can only go so far, right? So in chapter 6, chapter 4, I'm sorry, uh, when it talks about these four creatures, you, you've got uh, some of the same imagery in Ezekiel chapter 1. Um, a, a little bit in uh, uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter six, um, but that's uh, that's about it. There are not a lot of pictures uh, or scenes in the Old Testament or the New Testament um, that reveal what's going on in heaven. You ever think about that? Almost none. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 and Isaiah chapter 6, there's two. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any others in the Old Testament. Um, maybe Zechariah 1. Uh, but they're pretty thin. And in the New Testament, in the Gospels, any you know pictures of what's going on in heaven? I don't remember any. Uh, in the epistles? Paul will say things like, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Uh, but as far as a picture in heaven, not so much. Right? And so, uh, so what do we say about what's going on in heaven? Well, we can't say a whole lot because we don't have a whole lot. Okay? Uh, there, now, there's all kinds of books that have been written on heaven. I have no idea where they're getting their material. None at all. Right? Um, Pictures of you with wings and floating around on clouds and, you know, yes. yeah, or singing, yeah, they died and went to heaven or whatever, you know, who knows? I, I you know, what do you, I have no idea what to make of that. Um, but here, um, they're not, you know, having a great party uh, before the throne or worshiping, you know, what are they doing? Well, that, uh, this is what they're doing, uh, at least some of them. There's 24 uh, thrones, and on the throne sit 24 elders, and there's four living creatures. Uh, verse 8, and the four living creatures, each one had six wings full of eyes, having uh, around and within, and day and night they did not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. And when the living creatures gave glory uh, and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders would fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him uh, who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord, and, uh, and our Lord and our God to receive glory and honor and power. You uh, did create all things and because of uh, your will, they existed and were created. Identity of the 24 elders. I don't know. I'm guessing it's not me. <laughs> Just a guess. And we'll go out on a limb there. Uh, I won't speculate if it's you, but I don't like your chances. 
<laughs> Who are they? I don't know, right? Um, one little phrase catches my eye, though. Cast their crowns uh, before the throne. Um, that's interesting. Um, but again, not enough to, to draw any conclusions about the identity of these 24 elders, other than there are 24 of them, and they are elders. And when the four living creatures said what they say, they bow down and cast their crown. All right. If you're looking for some great insight, you're not going to get it. I'm just telling you, that's uh, all we got. We don't want to go past that. We don't want to start speculation, okay? And I saw the uh, verse uh, five, chapter 5, verse 1, and I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open it or even to look into it. And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has overcome so as to open uh, the book and its seven seals. Overcome, right? There's, there's our word. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain having seven horns and seven eyes, and uh, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Nike, yes. And if you look in chapter 6, verse 2, uh, it's probably not translated the same way. Uh, it's probably translated conquering and to conquer. That's the same word, overcoming and to overcome. Uh, it's, whenever you see that overcome word, it's Nike shoes, right? Nike is the word in Greek, okay? Yeah. Um, seven spirits. Um, uh, which are the seven spirits of God? <clears throat> this is in six, uh, five, chapter 5, verse 6. Um, this may uh, refer, well, turn with me to chapter 11 of Isaiah. Hold your finger there because we're not going to be there long, but I just want to show you what this may be referring to. I told you if, if, it, if it does, then I'll... Um, okay, then a shoot will... Uh, will spring from the stem of Jesse. A branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, spirit of counsel, of strength, knowledge, and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Okay? So, uh, so let's see. The spirit of the Lord rests. Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, fear of the Lord. Um, so you have to count the spirit of the Lord to be with, on him to get to seven. Does that make sense? There's, if the spirit of the Lord is the category or the, and made up of these things, then there's only six, not seven. Okay, so some people are going to say that the seven spirits uh, of God are Isaiah chapter 11, um, 
I'm trying to count those and get, see how they're getting seven. They've got, to, they've got to consider the spirit of the Lord to be different from the spirit of wisdom, different from the spirit of understanding, different. Does that make sense? Spirit of counsel and all that. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's what, uh, it doesn't line up as clearly as most stuff like that lines up in the scriptures, but, but some people will say that. So if you run across that, um, so what do I hold the spirits? Uh, I, I say there's seven spirits. The Lord say, okay, well, there we go. That's what I got. Um, and they uh, sent out into all the earth. Chapter back to chapter five, verse now seven. And he came and he took hold. Uh, he took hold uh, out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had uh, taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Uh, having each one a harp, golden uh, bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I, I guess if you don't know how the harp, how to play the harp, you won't be one of the 24 elders either. I don't know. Uh, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book, to break its seals, for you were slain and you did purchase for God with your blood, then from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. Now this is... Uh, the, the Abrahamic covenant, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Right? And so we're watching, we have seen and been told in the story how that has happened, and that's what's happening now. People from every tribe, nation, tongue, people are being uh, uh, collected through faith uh, and getting their entrance ticket, so to speak, into the kingdom. Does that make sense? You have made them to be a. Uh, every yeah, well, it's the it's the imagery of the sealed book, that it, and it's the title uh, deed to the land, um, and so for. Um, I'm trying to think what books in the Old Testament don't talk about the restoration of the land to Israel. And their inheritance um, directly. Esther? So, like in, in Revelation 5, same, same language, same language. And so, the, this, this, uh, the book of Revelation is about the restoration to the land of Israel. Um, and um, Isaiah, comfort, comfort my people, Israel, says the Lord. Um, chapter after 40 through 66, all about the restoration. Chapter 35, restoration. Chapter 11, chapter 7, 8. So the book of Isaiah, book of Jeremiah, book of Ezekiel, book of Daniel, um, Hosea, yep. Joel, yep. Amos, yep. Obadiah. Uh, I'm going to judge them and restore you. Yep. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on that Israel is going to be restored to the land uh, and to the kingdom. Right? Are you talking about the book of the seals? No, I'm talking about the specifically the land of the Yeah, that's... It's not all of it. No, but it's a... Yeah, it's a... He's told to go buy a field. And so this is the imagery uh, that supplies our understanding of yeah, you're going to see this throughout the, the Old Testament, that you'll see this language showing up. Um, 
in, in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel is told, enter into your rest and rise again for your allotted portion. Okay, so everybody had their allotted portion. The Jews had their allotted portion of the land. Uh, and this, um, so the extent to which the individual gets their allotted portion is the extent to which the nation does. Does that make sense? And so it's all the same imagery uh, and language, but you're seeing this at a restoration of the land of Israel level, right? So is that it was, yeah, it was just, it was a field there, and I'd, we'd have to look on a map to see exactly uh, where it is. Uh, the point in Jeremiah is the Lord is telling Jeremiah, buy a field, even though you're going to get hauled off, right? Seal it and bury it, uh, and the Lord will execute the deed when he establishes his kingdom. Um, so, um, okay, so, so chapter, uh, back to chapter five. Um, uh, verse 11. Uh, and I looked and heard a voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and elders and numbers of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying, uh, with a loud voice, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was uh, who slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea uh, and all the things in them I heard saying, uh, you see it says uh, every created thing. Um, I'm not so sure that that's the right word there, verse 13. Every created creature in heaven, on earth, and sea, and under the sea, and on earth, and all the things in them, I heard saying, "Okay, uh, unless this is Narnia, this is not talking about talking animals." Okay, does that make sense? Uh, what's the context? We'll go back to verse nine. Purchased men from what? People from every tribe and every tongue and every uh, people and every nation. Okay, so I heard a voice of. Uh, many angels worthy as the lamb, every created being, probably better, uh, which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all the things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion uh, forever and ever. Um, 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 so, uh, is, so what's going on in Romans chapter eight? Okay. So go back to Romans chapter eight and let's read the con. So in other words, is that a, what's the context of Romans chapter eight and the creation groaning? Okay. What's it groaning? Uh, um, Uh, for I consider the present suffering, 818, uh, not worthy to be compared to the glory which is to be revealed to us who? Uh, believing Jews, yeah. For the anxious longing of all creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the? All right, those are people, those are Israel. 
For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Now, so, so Paul's context for this book, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation for all who believe, the Jew first and then the Gentile. So, uh, and so we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the birth pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. You see how the context here is the, the believers, right? These believers are groaning for, uh, uh, for verse 23. Uh, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for our adoption of sons, the redemption of the body. Now, will the earth be made right? Yes. But is that why Paul's writing Romans to explain how the earth is going to be made right? No. Are there any verses in there where that's why you're right? No. What's he writing? Uh, that the gospel is to the Jew first and then the, to the Gentile, and uh, they are righteous through faith in Christ, right? And that's how you get eternal life, right? And so um, it's not eight chapters of explaining how believers are righteous through faith and then time out a commercial to explain does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But that's what we do, right? We, we, we learn these verses in isolation, devoid of any context. Uh, and then when you go back to that context, that's the, that's the verse you know. And so you're reading it along and you're going, you're kind of anticipating your verse you know. And you're saying, well, this doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Given the context that you're, you have predetermined because that's not what it's talking about. And so the Bible then becomes hard to, to understand because the verses that we think we know are actually the ones that are causing us to not understand. Right? Yeah. So, um, so man being man's redemption um, is center to the whole story. Okay, so uh, back to chapter 5. Um, every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Um, does this sound like Paul? What does he say? How, wh where does Paul say? Um, um, let me read you a passage, see if this makes uh, rings any bells. This is... Um, have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God, something to be held onto, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Is that talking about um, elephants and lions and such? No. <laughs> who's going to bow? And who's going, yeah, every nation, every, they're all going to see that Jesus is the Christ, right? Um, and so that's what we're talking about here. Chapter five, verse 13. To him who sits on the throne, to the lamb be blessing, honor, and glory, dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Sounds to me like these elders are going to get tired. Yeah, they're like, they're doing burpees the whole time. 
<laughs> and I saw uh, when the lamb broke one of the seven seals. Okay, so so the the, the uh, what's a burpee? Yeah, a burpee uh, is uh, I don't do them. Uh, I don't know that I've ever done one, but my wife does them all the time in her little in her workout. She stands up and then you kind of you go down and you do a push up and then you stand up and jump up. So they jump up and they. Anyway. Um, it was a bad. It was a bad job. Um, okay, so so the seals are being broken on the scroll to begin the process of fixing the disparity between what's going on in heaven and what's going on on earth. All right, people on earth are told overcome, 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 endure, endure, endure. Uh, but now you've seen the picture in heaven. Uh, and the concern is, how do we make these things match? Who's able to break the seals? Uh, and the Christ is the one who's going to break the seals to begin to fix the, fix the disparity. Right? Uh, and so seals uh, 1 through 6 are com contained in chapter uh, 6 of uh, Revelation. Uh, I saw this, the lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard from one of the four living creatures, saying with a loud voice uh, of thunder, come. And I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat upon it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out overcoming and to overcome. Same words, okay? Uh, now, um, there any, any other white horses in this book? Chapter 19, who's riding the white horse in 19? Jesus, Jesus is, okay. So some have argued that this is Antichrist going out, conquering and to conquer. The problem is um, there's no other white horse rider in the book than Jesus, and there's no one uh, told uh, is conquering except Jesus throughout any of Paul's or John's writings. And the, the believers are exhorted to overcome through faith. Um, and, um, and so the thought is, uh, that um, that this one goes out uh, to uh, conquering and to conquer. Um, how is this a good thing? Well, it's a good thing because this all this whole process seals one, two, three, four, five. They are taking peace from the earth. What kind of peace is being taken from the earth? The false peace that has been established by Antichrist uh, uh, covenant with Israel. Now, if you don't know the 65 books, then the 66 books is going to be very difficult to make sense of. Okay? So the, the, the 70th week begins with the firm covenant uh, and, um, between uh, Antichrist and uh, Israel. Uh, this uh, writer is going out to take peace from the land, right? going out conquering and to conquer. The second seal, verse 3, uh, And when he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come. And a red horse, another horse, a red horse went out to take, uh, uh, went out and uh, to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, peace from the land. Uh, Geis is the word here, um, probably referring to take peace from the land of Israel. Uh, that men should slay one another uh, and the sword was given to him. Uh, a great sword was given to him. Um, Again, taking peace from the land. Third uh, uh, seal. Broke the third seal. And a third living creature said, Come, and I looked and behold a black horse, and he who sat upon it had a pair of uh, scales in his hand. Okay, so um, 
uh, and I heard, uh, as it were, a voice from the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius. A denarius is a day's wage. And three quarts of barley for a denarius, a day's wage. And do not harm the oil or the wine. Well, the oil and the wine, uh, this isn't like um, ExxonMobil oil. What kind of oil is it? Olive oil. Yeah, olive oil and wine. Uh, so this is uh, uh, olive trees and vine, uh, grapevines. All throughout the prophets, uh, what will characterize the kingdom is the, the hills will flow with, new, with oil and new wine. Okay, uh, and so um, we're going to need the, the fig trees, or I'm sorry, the olive trees and uh, the grapes in the kingdom. So don't harm them. Harm them. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so this is famine. Uh, a day's wage doesn't buy much. So you've got war, uh, seal uh, two, famine, seal three, and then plagues, death, seal, uh, seal four. Uh, those are the judgments that are spelled out in Deuteronomy 26, Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, to bring Israel to repentance. Uh, war, enemies will come, famine, um, rain will stop, right? Um, and then pestilence or, or plagues, judgment, death. So the seals are opened in heaven, carried out. Yes, yep. So the seals, the decree goes out in heaven, and then authority is given out to, to these uh, riders to go take peace from the earth, to uh, bring famine upon the, the, the land, um, and uh, pestilence on, on the land. Uh, yes, you're going to see, uh, how do we know that these are for Israel? Because the, the, the curses here um, coincide with the curses laid out in Leviticus 26, in Deuteronomy 28. Uh, when we get to uh, later, um, uh, we're going to get to the, uh, the trumpet judgments. Uh, the trumpet judgments are going to correspond to plagues of Egypt. All right. Let my people go. Yeah, that's the second half of the, of the tribulation. Right. So, so if you don't know the plagues that were poured out on Egypt, and you don't know the the judgments that were poured out for Israel, and you don't know the subject matter that we're dealing with, the restoration of Israel, then this is just all going to be a bunch of stuff so to you. Yes. The trumpet judgments are poured out on on Team Satan. Let my people go um, all over you know, so the people of the earth. No, no, because uh, the first half of the tribulation, Israel is called to repentance, and they repent. Um, we're going to learn about this with the two witnesses. Okay, and so the second pass through this section, we're going to learn that in in heaven, the seal judgments are broken. On earth, there's two witnesses proclaiming these things on the earth. So they're proclaiming the judgments on the earth that you saw poured out, uh, the seals that you saw broke, uh, broken in heaven. Okay. And so they're calling Israel to repentance. Israel rejects their ministry. 
uh, Antichrist kills these two witnesses and they lay dead in the streets for three and a half days in Jerusalem. Then after three and a half days, and you know, the, the response of everybody is, yay, this is great. Let's send gifts to each other and all this stuff. Okay. At the end of three and a half days, uh, they hear a voice from heaven, um, come up here, right? And these people stand up, resurrected, and like Christ was in Acts chapter one, ascend into heaven. Uh, this is also going to go with Antichrist entering into the temple, declaring himself to be God. And Israel says, um, we picked the wrong side, right? When you see the abomination of desolation, let the reader understand, flee, right? Run for the hills. Now, um, also what's going on, chapter 12, a war in heaven is happening. And Michael, the great prince who stands guard over your people, is raging war with Satan, the serpent of old, and Satan is thrown down to the earth. Okay? So several things are going. Israel has repented. Uh, the witnesses have been resurrected. Abomination of desolation has happened. Satan has been cast down to the ground. And Israel is now fleeing for their lives, literally. And Satan is pursuing the woman, Israel, into the wilderness to kill her. Okay. And so um, this, uh, this story matches the Exodus. Uh, Passover, uh, you know, lamb, Israel fleeing, Egypt pursuing, poured out judgments upon uh, Egypt, let my people go. And this is the picture of the trumpet judgments in the second half, let my people go. Does that make sense? Correct. Yeah, he's just thrown out of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Heard him. Heard him a little bit. Yeah. 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 So their deliverance, literally, uh, Israel's deliverance, literally, is going to come from the hands of Christ. He is going to come, and he's going to save them. He purchased them with his blood. He's going to save them with his return. Does that make sense? Okay. okay. So uh, the fifth, uh, uh, well, we can't skip the fourth seal um, because um, some of us have seen Tombstone too many times, and this is great, right? Um, he broke the fourth seal, and I heard a voice uh, uh, of the fourth living creature saying, Come, and I looked, and behold, the ashen horse. And he who sat upon him had the name of death. And Hades was following with him. And authority was given over him, uh, uh, over them, over a, a fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword, with famine, with pestilence, and with the wild beasts. Okay? Now, um, turn back to Leviticus chapter 26. This is verses 6 and 7. Uh, Leviticus 26, 1 through 13, uh, spells out, if Israel's obedient, they'll be blessed in the land. If they're disobedient, they'll be cursed in the land. Um, this will sound a whole lot like David and Goliath's story. Um, uh, so if they're uh, obedient, if Israel's obedient and being blessed in the land, then they will have peace in the land. Okay, well, how's it going right now in Revelation? Not so much. Okay. Uh, you will lie down with no one to make you tremble. Uh, not so much. They've got uh, the sword. They've got uh, famine. They've got, you know, pestilence. And I will eliminate the wild beast or the harmful beast from the land. How's that going? Well, wild beasts are eating them and 
It's all bad. And no sword shall pass through your land. Is the sword passing through the land? Uh, yeah, it's carried by the second rider, right? Um, uh, you shall chase your enemies, uh, and they will fall before you by the sword. That's not happening, right? None of this stuff is happening. And so the second half, uh, so this is the blessings section. Um, in the story of David and Goliath, um, remember when David uh, comes before Saul and he says, let me add him. And Saul says, why would I let you add him? You're a mere child and he's been a warrior since his childhood. He says, I've killed the lion and the bear, right? And, and because David says that, Saul says, okay, okay. Kill the lion and the bear. With a, little boys don't kill lions and bears with slingshots, okay? Um, and so he gives him his sword uh, and his armor, and he doesn't take the armor. Um, but the sword, your enemies shall perish by the sword, will fall by the sword. Um, now, in the story, it's hard to tell if David kills Goliath with the blow to the head with the rock or with the sword. Why? Uh, because, because the blow of the head to the rock is the Messiah, the anointed king. This is who he is in chapter 17. Uh, strikes the seed of the serpent um, with a blow to the head. Strike you in the head, you strike on the heel. Serpent. The word serpent is nakash, uh, means serpent. Um, Goliath, from head to toe, is covered with nakashit, bronze, from the same root word, nakash. Uh, his bless, breastplate, his armor, it's, it's translated scaled armor. Um, it's from the root nakash, it's kashkash. It's not fish scales, it's serpent scales. It's scaled armor um, from his, his shin guards, his breastplate, his helmet, his, uh, his you know, the head of his, uh, his, what do you call it, spear, all of it. It's, it's knockoff top to bottom. And he uh, is struck with a blow to the head. Um, and then um, his, um, uh, he is with a sword, and then small numbers chase large numbers, right? Um, so at the beginning of that scene, they're all afraid in their tents because Goliath's out there. Uh, your enemy, uh, I shall grant you peace in the land, and you shall lie down with no one to make you tremble. Well, that's not happening. They're in their tents trembling. Uh, old Team Satan leaders out there saying, pick one man from among yourselves. That was supposed to be Saul. Saul has had his anointing removed. David is now the one. David goes into battle and kills him. Uh, you shall chase your enemies. They shall fall before you by the sword. Five will chase a hundred. hundred will chase 10,000. That's what happens in the story. Okay. And so you're watching all of this play out uh, in a microcosm as it's looking forward to this final uh, return of Christ. Does that make sense? Is that right tracking? Um, and so, uh, so, the, uh, the, all of these um, indicators, the sword, your, uh, um, the sword, famine, pestilence, wild beasts, those are all Israel, you know. If you see wild beasts in the land and you're in Israel, alarms need to be going off. 
uh, was talking with uh, one of the coaches at uh, at uh, at the high school. She's from Sweetwater, Texas, uh, and there are rattlesnakes all over. Okay, if there are rattlesnakes in the land of Sweetwater, that just means you're in Sweetwater. Okay, <laughs> there's no significance to that. Does that make sense? Uh, but if you're in the land of Israel and you're over there in the um, uh, the Arabah in the desert, uh, and um, and they've got garden hoses out there. That means we're not in the time of blessing because the, the desert, the Arabah will bloom and it's not blooming because you're putting a sprinkler hose on it. Okay. Uh, the, the, the rains will come, the, you know, the blessing will return to the land. Okay. So these are all indicators that Israel's under judgment. Right. Uh, he broke the, seven, the fifth seal, chapter six, verse nine. And I saw under the altar, the souls of those who had been slain, because of the sword of, uh, uh, because of the word of God, and because of the testimony which they had maintained, and they cried out with a loud voice, "How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth?" Right. Uh, turns out that the, the saints around the throne in heaven are not, you know, gathered together and singing hymns. Apparently, they're gathered together and they're saying, "How long until you judge the earth? Till you make it right?" Till you avenge our blood. Um, some believers have been at this for a while, like Abel, righteous Abel. Um, and each one of them was given a white robe that they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. Did you catch that? Um, there are those who are marked out for martyrdom. And the Bible doesn't teach that as a bad thing. It's a good thing. Wait a little longer. Wait a little longer. And I looked, and, uh, and when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black like sackcloth, made of hair, and the whole moon like blood. This is Joel chapter two. This is all throughout the prophets, okay? Uh, sun turned to darkness, uh, moon uh, to blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. What's the great and terrible day of the Lord? Uh, that's what preacher was talking about. That's when Christ comes and you do not want to be um, on the wrong side of that deal. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a really bad day. Um, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth, and the fig, uh, as the fig tree casts cast its unripe uh, fruit, uh, figs, uh, when uh, shaken by a great wind. And the sky was split apart like a scroll, and it was rolled up. We sing songs about this, don't we? And every mountain uh, and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave, and every free man hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountain. Uh, and they uh, said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand it? Yes. From 12 to 16, all the changes of the sun and the sky, are we saying that the rest of the world will not see that because this is for Israel? 
No. Uh, so this, so so this, the fifth seal takes you up until Israel's repentance. All right, and then the sixth seal. Uh, now, we're, we're moving into the uh, second half of the tribulation. Right? Now, Doctor Pentecost. I, whenever you hear this stuff, uh, whenever I would hear it in seminary, particularly from Doctor Pentecost, uh, he would say things just in passing, and you'd go, "What? That didn't seem right." Um, and then you study scriptures uh, for 20 more years. And the more you study scriptures, the more you realize, I think he knew what he's talking about. Right? Uh, he'd been at it for 60-something years. And uh, I think the old man had it figured out, right? at least a large part of it. Did you notice uh, in, in the sixth seal, uh, they know what's happening. They know it's the wrath of the lambs coming on them. Okay. Now, what he used to say is that uh, that the coming of the Lord um, took the, the took three and a half years. Yeah. That the, the, the Lord coming on the clouds was this process. Every every eye will see him. This is the process of the of the, and they're gathering. Uh, to, to make war with him. So by the time his feet sat down, all the armies of the earth were there gathered together to wage war against the Lamb. Um, so it can't just happen like that. they got to have time to get there. <laughs> okay. uh, so he used to teach that the second half of the tribulation is the coming of the Lord, and they're seeing it. And they know who it is, and they know who they're fighting against. And it's, uh, I, I, I tend to agree, agree with him. Um, uh, chapter seven, and I, uh, and this uh, after this, uh, after this I saw, uh, after this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the winds of the earth, so that no wind should blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Right? And I saw another angel ascending. So, um, from the rising sun, having. A seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice, and the four angels who was granted him not to harm the earth and the sea, uh, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until uh, we have sealed uh, the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard a number of those sealed, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Okay, so these sealed members are of the sons of Israel. Good. Uh, from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Asher, 12,000. Naphtali, 12,000. Manasseh, 12,000. Simeon, 12,000. Levi, 12,000. Issachar, 12,000. Zebulun, 12,000. Joseph, 12,000. Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. Um, do not... Uh, so, so these... Jews are being sealed. Um, that's all we know at this point. Um, but uh, the the land and the sea and the trees are not to be damaged. Now, uh, if you know what's going on here, Israel's repentant. Okay, uh, so now uh, the Lord is preserving the land for the kingdom, uh, and He's sealing these Jewish believers. And we're going to figure out what they're going to be sealed for. Okay. 
Așa. Yeah, the Jehovah's Witnesses are part of the 144,000. Um, I, I don't need the Bible to dispel that ridiculous view. Why? Um, if I'm one of the hundred, if I'm hoping to be one of the 144,000, based on how good I am, I definitely ain't coming to tell you about it, right? Exactly right. If you're better than me, I'm out. I don't, you know, uh, I'm trying to, you know, hide it. It just makes no sense. It's just, it's sealed. sealed. Uh, they're uh, they're sealed. They're given a sign. Um, that, that marks them, okay? So there's going to be a, uh, now, is it a visible, invisible, uh, invisible, invisible, invisible? I don't know. Um, the first one to receive a sign in the Bible was, or a mark, it's translated mark, yeah, Abel, uh, it's Cain, Cain. Mark, the mark of the beast. So when did the mark of the beast begin? At the beginning. Um, now, do people have the mark of the beast? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, your mark wasn't removed. I, I don't know that it's a visible mark. Maybe it was. I don't know. Okay. What's the name? Uh, sealed so that uh, these things are not going to harm them, and they're going they're going to be preserved. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're going to be protected. They're going to be sealed. They're going to enter into the kingdom, uh, proclaiming, uh, and they're sealed to proclaim uh, the gospel in the second half of the tribulation to the nations. So, so these are Jews sealed who have believed, who will uh, uh, not be hurt by. Uh, by Satan, and uh, they will proclaim the, the gospel to the Gentiles in the midst of this judgment that's coming down. Okay. Uh, 9 verse 4. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. The, uh, nine, yeah. They're going to be protected from God's judgment. Um, yeah, now, um, uh, okay, so go, so, so again, we've got to use the language of the Bible best we can, okay? So go back to Deuteronomy chapter six, right? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. This uh, We call this the uh, the Shema. We'll probably end here. Yeah, we call this the Shema. Shema Israel, Adonai, Hayden, Adonai, Chad. Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And all these words which I am commanding you today, 6-6, six, six, shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall teach them as you sit in your house and... Uh, you know, walk and lie down, rise up. Verse 8, and you shall bind them as sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. Um, were they to Israel, literally to be a, a sign on their forehead? Well, um, you, you'll see this when you go to, to Israel. They'll put that, that box on the, you know, the, yeah. the flag. Um, yeah, that's not, it, it is the word of God is to be on your heart. 
and it is to be on the earth. Right? Uh, John, First uh, John, is going to say the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Simple. Well, how do you tell them apart? Uh, no. How do you tell the children of God and the children of the devil apart? Uh, easy. Uh, it's, it tests the spirits. Spirit that confesses Christ is of God. The spirit that uh, rejects Christ, Antichrist. Easy. Uh, are you uh, a follower of Jesus? No, I hate his guts. Um, okay. I think I know where you stand. <laughs> are you a follower of Christ? Yes. Even the death? Yes. I think I know where you stand. All right? It's pretty straightforward. Right? So these words uh, is to be on their heart and on their forehead, uh, a sign for them. Good? But we're out of time. Let me close some word of prayer. Next week, we'll pick it up in uh, wherever. Where were we? <laughs> pick it up in wherever. So someone's going to tell me next week, and we'll... Uh, get, get. Lord, thanks for our, our time. And uh, Lord, there's so much to not to know in the book of Revelation. So uh, so thank you for the opportunity to study it. Uh, and, uh, and Lord, pray that as we continue through this book, that it will be clearer and clearer to us, and, uh, and we'll understand it. Uh, and then live according to it. Uh, so uh, that's our prayer. Thank you for our time today in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, guys.